This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, my parents divorced when I was early, so my father and I, the only thing we agreed upon musically was Creedence Clearwater Revival, where my father enjoyed them. I did as well. But even like Bruce, I remember bringing the Born in the USA album over to you know his house to listen to it, and he hated it. You know, he was like, "This is anti-America." He's pretty much saying "f you" to America on the title song. He just hated Bruce. So we didn't share anything musically outside of CCR. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me today is a new friend we met online. Um, I'm already best friends with Dave. Uh, first yeah. off, he does a podcast, so I always love fellow podcasters. He does a podcaster called Beer in Front, which means you have to love. And in his Twitter bio, he says he loves calling out hypocrites. So I feel like we are brothers. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be on. Yeah. So tell my audience a little about yourself. Uh, I am 53. I live in Balmy, Chicago. It's in the 40s right now. Let's see. It's uh, oh, it's 45, so it's warm weather here. Uh, lived in Chicago my whole life. Um, married, happily married. Have a nice little pooch here that you might hear barking in the next few minutes. Uh, you know, I started a podcast. You know, bad luck, bad, just bad luck. And Springsteen did cover that with Mike Ness once. Bad luck. Yeah. Uh, but I started the podcast right before the pandemic. And what I wanted to do was go to breweries, talk to people and enjoy, you know, whatever beer we're having. And then, you know, Corona got in the way. So it's kind of veered off its path where now I call, you know, and I call them jagoffs, which I think is a, a Chicago and a Pittsburgh term yeah, for just calling out whether it's politicians, whether it's, you know, celebrities, mostly they're hypocrites. So yeah, I call them out. I think once we get back to normal, what I want to do is just sit and talk, you know, two people face to face over a beer, 
we'll discuss the beer. So hopefully soon, that's what the podcast will be more about. You know, I've often thought of, and and I am not a big drinker, but um, I adore the process of making bourbon. So I have often thought that it would be an interesting podcast, and I'm sure someone has done it, but to talk about the different bourbons and talk about the process. Oh, yeah, there's and a discuss. few out there. Yeah. So I think your beer podcast could be interesting. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. our buddies um, on uh, Rock in the Suburb, uh, you know, they talk about every every episode they're discussing what beer and what IPA or what lager or whatever they're just they're having mm-hmm. while they're recording. So I think that'll be a great podcast and that'll be good. Um, yeah. Yeah. What made you think you wanted to do this? Uh, I've always been a huge Springsteen fan and I forget the Twitter feed that was talking about you know, joining up with different podcasters. Yeah. And then I saw yours and I'm like, Bruce, oh, I'm in for this. Absolutely. So that's when I started following you and listening to your show. And I'm like, no, absolutely. I'd love to come on and, you know, talk about my experiences. And, you know, I've been a Springsteen fan since, oh, probably the late 70s. Okay. You know, I started listening to him when I was 12, 13 years old. So yeah, I've been a, Springsteen fan for a long time. Well, wonderful. So talk to me, first off, how are you and your wife and your pup doing during this crazy time? Uh, I'm not doing bad. I still go to work. Even when this all broke a year ago, I was considered essential. So I still go to work every day. My wife has been working from home for a year. So I think it's easier for me because I still go out and breathe fresh air and, you know, communicate to other human beings as opposed to having meetings on Zoom or working from home. So for me, it hasn't been as bad, but, you know, I miss going to shows. I miss going to a restaurant or sitting in a bar or, you know, things like that. I do miss just random human interaction and i think for a lot of people that's been lacking in the last year you know dave uh last night well first off i'm kind of where you are um Mm -hmm. i do um the company i work for provides roadside assistance for rvs so we were considered essential as well um so for most of March, most of April, and half of May, we all worked from home. Then toward the middle of May, we went back in the office, and I've been working in the office since. So okay. to a lot of days, it just seems normal to me. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you get up. Now, luckily, I had started this job in February, and just by grace of God, it's like less than five miles from my house. I just okay, got good. lucky. So. So I was joking with the, you know, I, I, I'm going through a tank of gas once a month. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so nice. <clears throat> but I drive to work. You know, I, I do my job. I, we run a, I run a contact center. So, you know, a bunch of people on the phone answering calls and I'm doing whatever, you know, as a boss I do. Uh, and then, you know, I walk, drive home. Uh, so with the exception of, you know, we, we've gone to restaurants a couple of times. Texas is pretty liberal. We've done a couple of times where we've gone to a restaurant. Um, but last night, 
we watched the CNN documentary, Jimmy Carter, a rock and roll president. Um, And it was a great documentary. It talked about how much Jimmy Carter loved all kinds of music and how much he used the Allman Brothers and Jimmy Buffett and Charlie Daniels to all raise money for him when he was running for president. And then the whole thing is how many concerts they had at the White House um, and that music was just a big part of his administration. And Linda, my wife, looked over and said, I miss going to shows. And yeah. I looked over and I said, that is a common theme on Set Lusting Bruce, is that not only, God, we wish Bruce was touring, but, and not, let's not forget like Jake or Niels or little Steven. I mean, just going to a bar where there's a cover band playing and, you know, getting a couple, you know, getting some wings and a couple of soft drinks or or beer and just listening to a band play you know desperado or or something just because they love playing music i miss that yeah i miss you know outside of bruce i mean i like all kinds of music but yeah i'm a big fan of punk rock Mm -hmm. and i just miss being in the pit with people you're hot you're sweaty you're yeah moving around yeah, I just missed that. Yeah, I really do. So. And um, so, well, let's talk about. It. I always like to go to the beginning, Dave. So, gr- you said you grew up in Chicago. What kind of music did your family listen to? Uh, my parents divorced when I was early, so my father and I—the only thing we agreed upon musically was Creedence Clearwater Revival, where my father enjoyed them. I did as well. But even like Bruce, I remember bringing the born in the USA album over to, you know, his house to listen to it. And he hated it. You know, he was like, you know, this is anti-America. He's pretty much saying F you to America on the title song. He just hated Bruce. So we didn't share anything musically outside of CCR. My mother, who I lived with growing up, she always had music on. We always had music in the car or at home but she was mostly top 40 motown things of that nature but yeah there was always music and it's a pretty wide spectrum um, but yeah my mother always you know we always had music on in the house when did you uh was it in high school you discovered punk music and fell in love with it yeah it was uh actually a little bit later um mm-hmm. like in my early 20s and i'm like yeah this is this is for me. I like this. You love, is it just the energy and the, the, the energy, of the it? music, uh, and the artist itself. Like I mentioned, Mike Ness before social distortion is yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time. I would go see them, you know, whenever they come through, uh, always like them. I'm more, you know, I'm 53. So I'm more, you know, old school punk as opposed yeah. to the, the newer stuff. Okay. Very nice. So I always like to ask this, and sometimes people have trouble articulating, but talk to me about when you discovered Bruce and what about him spoke to you? What about his music? You know, I think initially, and, you know, I was trying to remember, like, what was the first song I heard? Now, it might have been Born to Run on the radio. It might have been Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. Uh, the first Bruce album I bought was The River. 
and I was 13 at the time. Uh, so the big hit off of that was Hungry Heart. So, you know, but I just think I remember the keyboards and the pianos and Clarence's sax and like what a well-rounded band this was. And I liked the sound and then listening to the lyrics, even though I might not have understood them as a 13-year-old, but The River and Independence Day were one of my favorite tracks off, you know, the album itself and growing older and becoming more mature than you you realize more what he was talking about. But even back then, you know, like a song like Independence Day, I wore out as a 13-year-old. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've shared this before, but I was not a big Independence Day fan till mm-hmm. I saw him on the River Tour and him okay. doing it live. And then it hit me the idea that he is now older than probably his father was when he yeah. wrote that song. And now then he's coming it from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. I just ended up loving that song. Um, you know, I also, uh, my son now is grown, he's 32, but during the teenage years, you know, we had that natural thing that it's, you know, he's yeah. supposed to rebel. He's supposed to try to find his own way. And, uh, you know, we had that where you, as Bruce said, it was clear we love each other, but just don't know how to talk sometimes. And so yeah. powerful song, very, very powerful song. Mm-hmm. That's great. So um, talk to me about your journey. So, you you, you know, you bought the river, um, you're listening. So what were your next steps in, you know, discovering Bruce? Uh, you know, after listening to the river and how, you know, this is something that you wouldn't, that would never happen in 2021. But yeah. back then, I delivered paper. So I had a little income in from being a paper boy. Uh, so I remember buying Darkness on the Edge of Town, which right now would be my favorite Springsteen record. Yeah. Um, and the day before I started high school, was my first Springsteen concert that it's been renamed, but back then it was called the Rosemont Horizon. So it was probably a, you know, an, a, an idea of how my high school career was going to go being the first day of high school. I have no sleep because I've been out for four hours watching Bruce the night before. Uh, but yeah, that was the first show I did. And then especially seeing him live, you're hooked. I mean, there's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done. You're just yeah. Give it up. You're a Springsteen fan. The rest of your yeah. Life. Put it all to rest. You know, uh, yeah. as they say. Um, yeah, I often say there's two kinds of people: the people that go to their first show and go, "Boy, that's long," and then the second yeah. one are the people that go, "Oh my goodness, I when can I do this again? I want to do yeah. that." Um, that's pretty cool. Now, um, yeah, I hear a lot of stories from people uh, that. You know, they had to wait till they were older in high school or college because their parents wouldn't let them go to a show yeah. that early. So sounds like your mom was pretty cool and was uh, supportive of you. Yeah. You know, I went, I mean, I don't think, and I didn't realize then, you know, this was yeah. pre-internet where you could go to Setlist FM and see, yeah. oh my God, he plays this many songs. Yeah. You know, you figure it's going to be your typical, you know, 60, 90 minute show and you'll be yeah. home by 10 o'clock. Uh 
So luckily we didn't have the internet back then and I was able to go to the show. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I remember I didn't, I didn't know the song back then, but he opened up with uh, John Fogarty's rocking all over the world. And, right. you know, actually afterwards when you could buy bootleg albums, I bought a bootleg with that. And I'm like, that's what he opened with. And I've been a huge fan of that song ever since. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause with your dad and Creedence Clearwater Revival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there's that connection. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So, you know, I, I always preface this Dave with the amount of shows you've seen is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, but for the record, do, do you count? And how many times have you seen him? I have seen him nine times. Okay. Uh, the first time was on the original River Tour back in 1981, and the last time was 2012 at Wrigley Field. He played two shows at Wrigley Field, so I saw both shows then. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, so talk to me a little bit. Uh, do you have stories from the shows? Uh, actually, the last, the shows at Wrigley Field, I had rotator cuff and bicep surgery the week Mm. before. So I'm in the middle of everybody with my arm in a sling and on various, you know, painkillers and beer uh, (laughs) to get me through it. But yeah, that was, that was fun is being in this massive 40,000 people and I'm right-handed. It was my right arm. So I'm like, you can't even like, raise your fist up in the air to, you know, bad lands or anything else. I'm like, I had to do everything with my left arm and I look pretty awkward, but <laughs> I did it. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so um, are you White Sox or Cubs? Uh, or not a baseball guy? No, I'm a huge baseball guy and I've been Cubs my whole life. Uh I won't get into it too much, but uh, the Cubs owners and myself lean a little differently politically. So yeah, I think I'm going to change my allegiance over to the White Sox, where I mean, I was ecstatic when the Cubs won the World Series. I yeah. bawled like a baby, uh, but just, you know, I'd rather give my money to better people. So you can imagine uh, I am here in Texas and Mr. Jerry Jones, thank you very much. As a Cowboy fan, oh, yeah. I just go, oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Uh, the uh, Jerry's making money off of you this week. Whether you yes, like he not. was. Yes, he is. Yeah. So why didn't he use some of that and sign Dak? That's all we're screaming. Yeah. Like, if you're going to make all this money off uh, gas, natural gas, because we're freezing, um, sign our quarterback. Uh, yeah. That's, um, well, let's, before we get, we'll talk about Bruce again, but um talk a little bit more about your podcast so you know Uh, your plan was to kind of go do beer tastings visit communication so uh you've morphed into kind of temporary so talk a little bit about um why you wanted to do this podcast and share a little bit about it uh yeah like i said you know initially i just wanted to be mostly about beer now, I don't know about yourself, but initially I'm thinking to myself when I'm you know, having the ideas and planning the podcast, oh, I could talk 30 minutes about beer, you know, hit a walk in the park. And then you do the first episode all you're by yourself and it's eight minutes. And it's like, oh, I need to fill up some time. So 
there's only so much stretching you could do. And especially where I've only had a few interviews on my show. So 90% of my shows is just myself talking about beer. So I had to stretch it. So I'll talk about news of the week. And then uh, our previous president once, I just called the Jagoff because I forget what I was referring to. And I started receiving good feedback that, oh, they liked that when I called someone out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. So then I just went into the Jagoffs of the week. And, you know, I find uh, both of your senators have made the list in Texas. Um, so it's just mostly calling out, you know, people for hypocrisy. Uh, you know, I'm a equal opportunity person you know the last show i had three democrats on there so Mm -hmm. most of the time my political leanings are liberal but you know if you're a jag off you're a jack off and i'm gonna call you out on it yeah and i um i do too um my i think the biggest thing going is um it is the hypocrisy of um, the right, and I promise listeners, we'll get back to Bruce in a little bit, um, makes it hard to, um, you know, they were calling out uh, Biden for wearing a Rolex, right? And I'm like, yeah. really? Really? I mean, okay, first off, a Rolex is a classic. Um, I, I, I would love, if I had had the money, I would buy a Rolex, uh, you know, and use it as a family heirloom. Uh, you know, it is something, but really that is where you want to go uh, with that all the, though. go ahead. And the exercise bike too, you're calling yeah. out Biden for having an exercise bike. That's better than spending money to go golfing every weekend. So I'd rather him spend four grand on a bike than spend a hundred million to golf. Yeah. And, you know, when they talk about it, that, the amount of money that um, Jagoff and Chief, our previous administration, you know, Chief, you know, POTUS, um, you know, they talked about, you know, he made almost a billion dollars as president self-directed because of things he did that like going to his own place to play golf versus like most mm-hmm. presidents go to a local you know military base to play golf because one it's secure two it's close um you know and in it is the hypocrisy that bothers me the most it is just the idea that um uh, my senator, my my two senators are horrible, but Michael Burgess is my congressman, and, you know, and he is on Twitter talking about the American people are suffering and the Democrats did not listen to one suggestion we had on this, you know, um, bill. And it was recording this. It's about the end of February. I'm like, OK, but that doesn't mean you can't support, you know, the you know, don't let good, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Um, and also for the last four years, have you guys given any input? Have you taken any input for Democrats? Hell no. So yeah, I'm furious. Yeah. yeah it's uh, so that's where it's kind of heading, but yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully soon I could go back yeah. to what the initial plan was having two people or maybe having somebody that works at the brewery. will yeah. sit down and discuss 
their big beer. We'll talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and we could lean into other topics, but sure. I would rather it be more about beer and, yeah, you know, human interaction between two people as opposed to me staring at my microphone every every week for 45 minutes so is there a big brewery um in chicago is there a, a good culture of local brews making beer? yes and actually like where i live now i'm walking distance to probably five uh, yeah. chicago is huge uh, it's a huge beer community mm-hmm. you know i could literally have a different a beer from a different brewery each week and not scratch the surface so there's a ton out there i'm very fortunate that chicago is a great beer community mm-hmm. uh good because um the i know that um i think is few the bourbon distillery that's in chicago yeah few is around and there's another one that's really good if you uh haven't heard of them they're called koval k-o v-a-l yeah and they make a lot of, they do make a bourbon they make uh some fantastic gins if you're into gin but yeah few and koval are are big two that we have here yeah that's one of the i was really sad I, we had gone several years ago chicago for a business conference back when you used to travel for business conferences and i was yeah. disappointed i could not find time um either like few wasn't open on sunday to tour and so mm-hmm. uh that's a bourbon my wife really loves so yeah. uh yeah so i yeah i think that would be a that would be a fun show to kind of talk about it to to sample to do that um that's going to be fun that i i i, I agree yeah. with you i hope that with yeah. our um with all the shots going out with all the thing we now have a third uh, you know, uh, vaccine that maybe we can get back out to um, enjoying live music and enjoying yeah. uh, sharing a uh, a cold one between friends. Yeah, I get the. I have my first vaccine scheduled for tomorrow. Oh, so, congratulations! Uh, thank you. I'm not sure what the situation is uh, in yeah. Texas, but I know for myself, it's just hunting down on the uh, computer trying to find whether it's like a Walgreens or CVS type place yeah. or somewhere. So literally tomorrow morning, I'm on vacation this week. I'll have to leave my house at 5 a.m. to drive three and a half hours to get vaccinated and drive back home. Uh, there was nothing near me. And that was the closest. And I was prepared to drive five hours. Wow. Um, just to get it. But yeah, I just want to get it. You know, my wife's not at that stage yet where, She's on the waiting list, you know, luckily for myself, I'm a little older and a little chubbier. So in Illinois, if you're a little overweight, you jump to the list. So I'm like, thank you. Thank you for well, uh, my beer gut. That puts me on top. Yeah, I am on the list. Uh, I am a, um, I'm diabetic and I'm a cancer survivor. So, um, and I have a few pounds on me too. So I am on the list. Yeah. But I do not know. Uh, they, every week I get an email from my County saying, you know, you are number like 800, 370, 205. Mm-hmm. And we're currently at a hundred and something. You know? So it's like, uh, but my wife isn't even on the waiting list, but, um, okay. the hope with this third vaccine, and I know that this administration is trying to push where you can get as many as we can. And, you know, I'm just excited 
because I figure anyone that I'm not very jealous, I'm just happy. Like anyone who can get a vaccine is one step closer to us getting past this, where yes. I can, uh, Bruce and the band can tour again, uh, you know, where I can go. Uh, I've, I've shared this with other people, Dave, you know, I had tickets. Um, I had Lily Hyatt, who is John Hyatt's daughter was going to be in Dallas. I've never seen her live. She had a new album to promote. I had tickets for her. I'd never seen the Eagles of all things. And they were coming to Dallas and we had gotten tickets and I was going to go see, um, um, Mickey Dolan's and Michael Nesmith touring okay. as the monkeys. And I was like, how fun, you know, I I'm old enough to remember, you know, that was the heyday for me. I'm a uh, 60, I'll be 62 this summer. So, you know, okay. like, right, that was the heyday of mine. So I would have loved to see them. And now then you just, you don't get any music at all, unless you want to watch a show via YouTube. And it's just not the same. Now, and even like, you don't get to discover any new music yeah. because you're not seeing an opening band or, yeah. you know, things like that. So, you know, one is I'm getting older. I just feel like, I'm listening to the same things. There's nothing new that I'm discovering. And it's kind of sad. So hopefully, you know, once things open up, we'll get to see shows, get to see a new opening act that you're like, wow, these people are really good. Yeah. I want to, you know, hear more about them. Yeah. Sorry. Let's get back to Bruce. What were your thoughts on okay. Western stars and letter to you? Uh, I like letter to you a lot. Western stars didn't do much for me. Uh, but no, I'm a big fan of Letter to You. I can't wait to hear some of those songs performed live. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see the film, Western Stars film? No, you know, I did not see it. Uh, and I don't know why. I just didn't. So I'm sure I will catch it down the road. But yeah. I just know I have not seen the film. I don't know if it'll make you like the songs more. But I do think the film is definitely worth watching. You'll feel like, hey this seems like the Jeep commercial because it is very, yeah. it's the same director and it is the same theme, you know, cause Bruce talks between every song and the band that performs the songs live it's in his big barn is amazing. So I, I don't know if you'll like the album better though. I've heard other people say that after seeing the film, they like it a little better. Okay. Once again, because of my age, I grew up, my parents loved country music and my mom loved Glenn Campbell. So this felt like, you know, kind of a love letter almost to my mom. So I like, okay. It. Yeah. But I agree with you. And have you got a chance to watch the documentary on Apple TV? Yes, I have. So that was, uh, that was really good. You know, it was nice to see the band together and you just like appreciate, even though you have a couple new members in there, Yeah, like this band of brothers and sisters that have been together for so long, you know, you, just appreciate you know some i mean you have the rolling stones that have lasted a long time but there's very few artists and bands that just last 50 years and yeah. it's you appreciate seeing that yeah you know you're watching them talk around and they're all you know the story right is uh supposedly they reached out to bruce and said hey let's not do beat the demo where you know you yeah. do a demo and then we've got to go sound like let's just go so 
I think it's fascinating. They're all sitting there with their legal pads and pens and he's yeah. playing the song and they're going. And I, a lady who was on my show, uh, Betsy Hodges, um, a few weeks ago told me the story that she had in an, a uh, charity auction, she had won a um, Zoom call with Max. So oh, okay. she and her friend got to sit. It was supposed to be 30 minutes. She said it ended up being over an hour. Um, and she asked them, she goes, okay, like, how do you hear Bruce playing? And then like, if I was a priest, you come up with that, the break, and then you do that drum, you know, kind of quick, kind of, you know, uh, almost like this, you know, this beat and accept. And he says, I just hear the music and I hear what we're going to do. The other thing I love, she says, are you tired of looking at Bruce? Are you tired of signing things with Bruce's ass? And, uh, and he said, no, because that's my view as the drummer. That's what I do. I'm watching him, his backside anyway, to figure out what he's going to do, which I thought was just a really funny story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm sure for him, it's just, you know, he's either looking directly at Gary. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bruce's rear end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Talk to me. You mentioned Darkness would probably be one of your favorite albums. Talk to me about other favorite songs and albums of Bruce and why do they mean something to you? Uh, on Darkness, probably, and things change. We're at different points in our lives, but the one song that I think would always be on my Mount Rushmore of Bruce songs is actually Darkness on the Edge of Town. I love that song. Luckily, when I saw him at Wrigley Field, Eddie Vedder came out and did the song with him. So wow, that was great cool. to hear. Yeah. Uh, so Darkness on the Edge of Town is, if it hasn't always been my number one song, it's right there. Yeah. Uh, I always liked Downbound Train. Uh, I just like that song. You know, maybe it's just the quirkiness in me. Uh, you know, listening to Independence Day as a 13-year-old. I love that song off the Born in the USA album. Uh, At my wedding, um, I was in charge of the early music. My wife is in charge of the later music. And I wanted, I'm like, I have to have a Springsteen song on here. So I put the Lucky Day on there. Oh, nice. A lot of people, you know, kind of forgot about that album, but... Mm -hmm. It wasn't my favorite record, but that was a great song. So that's always, yeah. that song means a lot to me because I included it in, you know, my wedding. Uh, you know, it, like I said, it changes as we change and evolve over time. Certain songs have different meanings now than they did 40 years ago. Uh, I love, even though it's not on any of his records, he, there was a compilation for uh, the Italian composer Ennio Morricone and Bruce did Once Upon a Time in the West, which is always a piece that I've loved. And instead of the opera singer, it's Bruce's guitar. And that's just moving. So if you ever get a chance to hear that, it was off a record called We All Love Ennio Morricone. And there's yeah. artists like Yo-Yo Ma plays on there, Metallica. Uh, but all of these different artists perform an Ennio Morricone tune. And that is always like touching to me. Ooh, that sounds perfect. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think it's on Spotify, so you might be able okay. to grab it there. Okay, good. So talk to me. Um, 2022, hopefully we're going to get live. What are songs that you haven't heard live that you would like to hear? Do you have a few years? You know, I went back. I was, you know, in preparing for this, I went to setlist.fm and I'm like, let me go back and see. And all of the shows that I went to were on there. The one song that I've never heard is Adam Raised a Cane. I've never okay. heard that live. So I would like to hear that. I know it's impossible, but, you know, I would give my right arm to hear Jungle Land again with Clarence. But, yeah. you know, that's not going to happen. But Jake yeah. did a great job. Um, no, but Adam Raised a Cane would probably okay. be like the only one that I have not heard live that okay. I would like to. I'd like to hear the band go through it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've done this, but um, go to mybosstime.com. Okay. Um, this is uh, Elko did this. You, you set up a free account. And then you go and you select every show you've attended. And then behind the scenes, he calculates um, what's your most heard song. What's your least heard song? What are your rarities? What are songs he very fear played that you've heard? He'll tell you what percentage of every album you've heard. It is a rabbit hole that will make you hours. You will just go. It's so much fun. My friend Sam loved it and he says gosh i wish someone would do this for dylan because he's a huge bob yeah. fan he's again he's seen bob tons of times he says i wish someone would do that and yeah it's a, it's a fun day to do that um so any final thoughts anything you want to share what if i should have no, asked you uh, that i didn't probably my favorite brew show would be from the vote for change tour back in 2004 okay where my wife at the time that tour didn't come to chicago so we flew to minneapolis and that was just amazing because rem was on the bill who is one of my favorite bands of all time sure john fogarty was there bright eyes neil young came out and did a couple songs so it was really good um one of my favorite songs from uh the 92 era with the other band mm-hmm. uh neil came out and did souls of the departed with bruce and that oh, was nice amazing with mm-hmm. you know neil's just scuzzy guitar playing and the rest yeah. of the East street band but the encore for that was something that i'll never forget because everyone came out rem the East street band neil young john fogarty and they all did proud mary which mm-hmm. was incredible then they did uh rocking in the free world for Neil and, you know, Michael Stipe and Bruce and Neil, and uh, they all, you know, changed vocals and, you know, did that, which was great. They did Elvis Costello's what's so funny about peace, love and understanding. And then they closed it out with Patty Smith's people have the power. And wow. That encore itself was just, yeah, that sounds like a four, like that's a full show that I'd love right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was just, probably the most amazing time even though it wasn't the full three and a half four hour mm-hmm. brew show you know during the show uh, michael stipe came out and saying they did born to run together bruce came out with rem and saying uh uh bad day so that was like cool to see the interaction yeah, between rem and bruce as well 
Yeah, that was that just sounds, a phenomenal show. Oh, that sounds really lovely. Um, Dave, mm-hmm. I always like to ask someone who's been a band a fan that long, how did you feel during the lost years? Like as a fan that long, you know, Bruce fires the E Street band and you know, what were your yeah. thoughts during those lost years? Uh I saw that tour and actually that was a really good show. Yes. Uh, I've heard that from multiple people. You know, the lucky town, uh, human touch. I think that could have been one great album or CD as opposed to two eh, mediocre ones. There's some great songs on both that could have been amazing. Uh, I don't know. Do we get to where we are in 2021 if he doesn't have that? You know, maybe the band breaks up if they continued going. You know, maybe it was, okay, a nice little temporary separation. You get to appreciate what you have more than if you just go through a divorce. So maybe it was good. Uh, You know, you wish that record would have been one record with the E Street Band, but we all came out of it okay. When you heard that he was going to tour again with the band, what were your thoughts? Uh, I was like, finally, yes. We can. Yes. All is right in the world. You know, it's funny, yes, we Dave. We can get Max. Yeah. yeah. I had we can a get guy, Max off the talk shows. Yeah. Yes. I had a guy and uh, who told the story that he was sitting at one of the reunion concerts, standing. You know, he's listening. And he says, this is it. This is the peak of E Street fandom. Like, we'll never get, like, maybe they'll tour every once in a while, but this is it. The band has gotten back together, and, you know, it's it's downhill from here, but at least we got a great yeah. ending. And he said, if I could have gone and told that guy, you've got The Rising, you've got Magic, you've got Wrecking Ball, you have Bruce performing on Broadway, you have an autobiography, you have a Western Stars and Letter to You coming, waiting for you. He said he would have been blown away. Like, no, this wasn't an ending. This was the beginning of chapter two, you know? Yes. And that's great. Yeah, no. Yeah, he was 100% correct there. Yeah. Uh, All right, Dave, this has been so much fun, but we got to ask you the Mary question. So if you are... Uh, if you don't normally listen to this podcast, but you are listening because you're a fan of Beer in Front or you're one mm-hmm. of Dave's friends, uh, the merry question is this. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He just recently retired. But every year he take he would take his seniors and they would spend two days breaking apart the song Thunder Road. They would look at all the... Uh, lyrics they would talk about the imagery and the themes bruce explores in the song they would compare it to the road less taken by robert frost and at the end of the two days he would look at his class and say does mary get in the car so dave that is your question does mary get in the car at the end of thunder road if you asked me this when i first heard the song as a teenager my answer would be yes you're asking me this now as a 53-year-old that's cynical, jaded. We've gone through everything. Today, 2021, no, Mary doesn't get in the car. Okay. I think, you know, in today's things, I think Mary would say, 
well, I am a beauty. You know, what yes. are you doing? You're telling me I'm not a beauty, and but I'm okay? No, sorry. So I think now in 2021, Mary says no. But when I first heard the song, the younger, more innocent, uh, I could romanticize it. Yes, she got in the car. But no, now, today, no. I don't think she does. All right, very good. That is a great answer. Yeah. Uh, Dave, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, they could go to on any podcast platform. You could just you know type in Beer in Front. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Beer in Front, all one word. Or if you want to ask me a question about beer or you know anything else, you could email me at Dave at BeerInFront.com. Wonderful. Uh, my friend, I just appreciate you spending time with me this morning. This was a lot of fun. I wish you great success. Um, what are you going to be listening to as you drive three and a half hours to go get your shot? I'm going to catch up on some of your past episodes. I do have some other, like on Twitter, there's a podcast community. And unfortunately, like there's just not enough time to listen to everybody's podcast that can't. I follow on Twitter. Yeah. You know, and so I have a backlog that I'm just loading up on the, my phone. So I'll catch up on my podcast listening. I might throw in darkness on the edge of town. To because it's always a good time a to hear darkness. It's always a good time. Correct. Well, yeah. Dave, thank you so much. This is my friend. Stay safe. Uh, travel safe. Well. I'm, ex- I'm excited about you getting a shot. I, I'm going to be praying that we have better days ahead of us where you can have uh, live shows where you guys are ex- talking about your beer and talking to the brewmeisters that would be a lot of fun so listeners you stay safe please remember social distance wash your hands wear an effing mask uh and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this absolutely so especially one day uh we'll visit you down in dallas and we'll share a beer together sir well you know you should get to with your working for who you work for you know once things get to normal you may be traveling so if that's the case definitely let me know so we can meet and we'll share a meal and uh that'll be a lot of fun sounds like a plan i appreciate it sir all right thank you listeners be good and we'll talk to you soon doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation and i hate that So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website www.setlustingbruce.com. From there you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. 
You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.